0: This show is supported by generous listeners like you through our Patreon. This episode was underwritten by the Tamsin G Association and Chris Giddings. To learn more about ways to support Oh My Dollar and get cool perks like exclusive live streams and a fancy special icon on our forums, you can visit ohmydollar.com slash support.
1: Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Carapake. I'm your other host, Will. (laughs) So this episode is mostly
0: a big announcement episode. It's an exciting announcement.
1: I've been dropping, if you follow me on any of the socials on the internet, I've been dropping pretty large, you can drive through them sized hints for the past like month. But Oh My Dollar is cat filled personal finance book is going into the second printing
0: Yes, round two. Uh,
1: round two, and uh, we need your help to make that possible. We are doing another Kickstarter this time. Don't worry; this episode is not going to just be all about the book. It's not just all going to be hashtag Spawn. <laughs> I also thought it might be like valuable to walk you through why I chose to go the crowdfunding route again versus kind of the some of the other options available to, and what that has to do with my own kind of personal tolerance for risk and money. I thought it might give some folks some insight into what their risk tolerance and kind mm-hmm, of the way mm-hmm. that you choose to do things because one of the things we've talked about is like personal finance is highly personal and there's often a lot of different paths to get to the same end results right always to skin a cat <laughs> oh, oh there's a reason i don't use that pun in the book yeah. uh but like one of the reasons that uh, you know like the the end result is that i need to order uh, another couple thousand books, right? And uh, it's great news that we've already sold out. And there were a bunch of different paths to get there, and some of those paths I just decided were closed to me because of my own personal risk tolerance.
0: Uh uh-huh. um, And so, then- like, like, what, what's an example of uh, a path you didn't want to take? So. To-
1: so it's going to cost about uh, 6,000 U.S. for me to do another print run of the book. And it's still like a relatively small print run as it, as it is, but it's it's the size of a print run from like a small press would be in the States. I, I think I accidentally ended up running a small press. I think that's my job. Um, <laughs> and the one of the options, kind of the traditional like financing option would be doing something which is just quite simply how a lot of small businesses run there, which is get a credit card i Mm -hmm, could have mm -hmm. said like okay i'm going to i banks are very interested in lending me money (laughs) they love lending me money because i have a great credit score and i've always paid back everything i've borrowed right
0: so you're a good investment
1: i'm a good investment and i was offered an 18 months zero percent credit line um which happens to be more than i need to do a print run of the books and so there was part of me that was just very tempted to do that right you know like from the perspective of like it's pretty much low risk mm-hmm. um i i have a good idea of how many books i sell in an average month
0: you wouldn't have to do a whole kickstarter campaign and
1: i wouldn't have to do a whole kickstarter campaign which is real work right like not to mention like the emotional toll of coming back to your audience and being like thank you for supporting us on patreon thank you for buying the book last time if you did but i need to raise money for another kick uh, print run mm-hmm. and um I there other ways to do it. There's um something called factoring, which uh, if you follow economic news, you might have heard of before. Have you heard of factoring?
0: No. <laughs> okay.
1: So a lot of times they'll talk about like, you, you know, you hear the term like overnight lending rate, which is like a federal government rate, which is the lending rate set. It's what it's part of what drives interest rates and that is the rate that is set between banks lending each other money because banks at any given time actually don't have all of the money that they have right uh, so to speak. and so they're constantly like lending money between them and also getting them from the overnight window at the Fed, which I just like to imagine is an actual window that banks go to. <laughs> just
0: a little side of the, <laughs> the White House or something. yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Uh, federal Reserve, hey, we like to keep it independent. Yeah, the <laughs> the federal
0: they have their own building. Yes. What, what branch of the government do they technically fall under? They
1: they are their own branch of the government, the Federal Reserve. Okay, so but, they don't.
0: They okay. Yeah, we're drifting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 no, I mean that's. I mean that's a big thing is that the Federal Reserve is is it's you know uh, a, it's supposed to be a totally independent agency because you do, while monetary policy can be influenced by politics, you want the Fed to set it mm-hmm.
0: anyway. That's, so I guess since the executive branch is nominating
1: tune into my forthcoming macroeconomics Uh, for muggles web series to learn more about federal reserve (laughs) interest rates but okay but there's this other type to get to get back to i'm obviously not borrowing money from the federal reserve (laughs) um but one thing that you can do is your distributors so i have a distributor um they're a relatively small distributor but that's part of why i'm in retail stores all all across the u.s Uh um and they're great they've been around for a long time they deal with a lot of like smaller cutesy press books like mine and uh one of the things i could have done is gotten done, gotten factoring and factoring is essentially where your distributors give you a loan um and factor rates uh because factoring is very common and used in manufacturing businesses um it's one of those things where i essentially would borrow money from my distributors um at, at a factored rate that's kind uh, of an oversimplification of it but and that's... then
0: almost the books you had pressed would be your collateral
1: yeah, yeah, yes, yes, oh, exactly, huh. um, and and one of the reasons to do that is because you're not borrowing money from a, like a bank. You're borrowing. You're usually borrowing borrowing it at, uh, um, at like higher interest rates. But you're you're staying essentially within the industry, and that was one of the things that really made me nervous about borrowing credit money for this. Is like banks know nothing about my business, right? Like mm-hmm. they are not specialists in cat finance books,
0: <laughs> and
1: or small press or really anything to do with my weird weird job. Yeah, and. Um, They only want to lend me money because I am a limited liability corporation, which means that I personally am the person in charge. Like, if anything hits the fan... I'm the one they that's going to have to pay to, it yeah. back. And it's that's why, even though my business has its own credit score, which is a thing that a lot of people don't know. but no, I, did.
0: I didn't know that. That's...
1: Yeah, if you're a business, if you have, like, a business checking account or whatever, you do have your own credit score. It's a lot harder to find or look up the same way that individual credit scores are with all of those free tools that you can get, like Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, the Discover cards. Interesting. but. I Both my business and me have great credit scores, so banks are willing to lend me money, but that's just because they know I'm going to pay it back, which speaks more to my credit character, so to speak, than it does to how likely it is I'm going to sell those cat books, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. And and like my distributor is great. They were essentially like your books sell consistently. Like, what could we find a way to do this? Um, and one of the reasons that they would benefit from doing that is because they, if I run another Kickstarter campaign, that's essentially taking sales away from them, right? So yeah. it, because it's it's me promoting it, and um, if I sell through them, obviously they take a cut. If I sell through the Kickstarter, they don't. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they are the middleman you would be taking out of those, yeah. the, the operation if you do the, and that And on the flip course. side,
1: I make a lot less money when I um, sell through my distributor, but also, like, they're great and they do the work. Right, and, and yeah, and you don't have to
0: do that work. Yeah, yeah. there's no
1: way I would be in as many retail stores as I was if I had to individually call up all those retail stores and build relationships and send them books. Right.
0: That, that's another full-time job, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah uh, they have all, my distributor as a whole warehouse, you know, um, <laughs> versus my room. So then there Your was other room, ways to do yeah. it. I could, have, I could have incorporated as a partnership organization and gotten an investor. Mm-hmm. I am extremely lucky that I do have access to people that have the kind of liquidity that would be necessary to fund another print run. And I could have made them investors in the company. I could have just taken debt out from them or they could have just put the money in themselves and then gotten a percentage of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have involved reincorporating the business because my current structure does not allow for uh, partners. Right,
0: because you're the sole so, proprietor. Because it's a
1: sole proprietorship, which we've talked before in the show about like different business structures and how they how they work. And
0: that's a good example of that uh mattering though. Yeah, like it yeah. not just being a you know how how you're leading it, but but actually what you're able to do and how you're able to raise money.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just like another it's also just more paperwork, right? And if I do that, that also means that I would be paying more in incorporation and tax fees. And if I did that, um uh it would not be what's called pass-through entity, which means that uh, the company would actually have to file its own tax return, which is just another set of things I'd have to do every year, right? So right, right now, I, because it's a pass-through entity, everything ends up on my own taxes, and my quarterly tax estimates are just paid by me, the individual. Um, even though my business is a real business,
0: it's a pass-through entity. Right. No, and no, that makes sense. I think we actually talked about that on a previous episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We, I think we walked through the different incorporation structures. So that that was another option. Um, one of the reasons I chose not to do that is because I have a lot of intellectual property tied up in my business that's linked to me. And I didn't want to have to hire lawyers to figure out the whole mess of that, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: bring more people into the business, I'm sure, would be. Would muddy those waters <laughs> exactly
1: um and we've talked before about why that's not i'm a, why i'm not a 501 c3 is um because in many ways what we do is very non profit um a lot of our work but the reason we're not a 501 c3 which is the nonprofit status in the states is because i would personally pretty much lose all of my interests in like the book i've created yeah. <laughs> so um that was another option Okay, so how many options did we walk through? Factoring, me taking out personal debt, uh me taking money from an investor Mm -hmm. either invested in the business or they lend me money individually so one other option would have been to alter the book so um in what way i emphasized for a long time the reason i did a kickstarter for the first print run is because i'm a print nerd and i like pretty things Mm -hmm. and i wanted to have gold foil and french fold flaps and a full color book right and And you got it (laughs) and i got it and and i knew that a mainstream publishing company would not for a first-time author do something that is kind of that expensive um additionally that wasn't a lot of people get their books printed like print on demand you know like where they're digitally printed the book had to be offset printed because it's full color with a bunch of illustrations and because of that i um had to do it offset printing which means i had to raise capital if you do print on demand (laughs) capital
0: capital gotta work
1: that one in (laughs) But so I had to raise enough to be able to do a print run because essentially most of the cost of offset printing is the setup costs, right? So the actual copies don't cost that much, but there's a lot of setup costs. So you want to do as many as possible versus print on demand, which is digital. So it's just one book at a time.
0: Oh, I see.
1: However, to print this book as it is currently, which is part of what I love about it is people pick it up in airport gift shops and uh, it's the one to give to the reluctant friend that would never pick up a finance book because it's cute. Well... (laughs) uh I looked up how much it would cost to do this book as it exists, even without like the gold foil on the cover. It would be thirty five dollars a book, um and that's the cost to me. Mm-hmm. So the book would have had to been over forty dollars for me to make any amount of money on the book, and that's just frankly like I wanted to keep this book adorable but also affordable, and the only way to do that was to do an offset print run, or w- one of the other options was like I, I we've talked before. I do have an emergency fund. I have money in savings. Um, And I could personally, me as a person, Mm -hmm. lend my business money.
0: Right. Oh, that's true, too.
1: Um, The thing was is that like I have a fair amount in savings but I don't have enough that I was comfortable lending what my business would have to pay me back over several months Yeah, and yeah even into assuming my... that
0: goes right back to you that's that's still a, a big gap.
1: Uh, yeah. Right right and just like it was going to it would eat into my emergency fund at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I could have done if I had realized I was going to do a second print run for the book um, I would have saved money from each book sale up so that I wouldn't have to do this. However We've been in, I have a book agent, we've been in talks with like multiple publishing companies, and the thought was always that the second print run would be um, a, a third-party publisher, not me. Right. Um, and that ended up not happening, and I'm like running out of books. <laughs> right. Um, And so we can't wait for that. You know, publishing is a slow industry time deal. So like one option was it could have been just savings. But I decided that I was personally not willing to lend more money, especially because the business is my sole source of income now. I, I work fully for myself. Thank you. Uh, in no small part to our Patreon supporters for the show.
0: Um, but, yeah, but that makes that makes you definitely want to make sure you've got the stability of savings in an emergency fund.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, the emergency fund is so much more important because all of my income comes from Oh My Dollar, and I really did not want to put it into the business, into a print run, even though I know it'll make me money, right? Like, yeah. I'm sure, I'm, I'm absolutely positive I'll be able to pay it back uh, before the end of the year. And then, kind of, the last, but, so, that, those are many of the options. I think I've run through almost all of them.
0: So those are the options you don't want. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and talk about the option you did go with and the pros and cons of that.
1: Our show is supported by listeners like you through our personal finance society. You can find out more at slash support and by
0: advertisers like this.
1: And we're back.
0: We're back. Welcome
1: back. So, I we walked through a lot of the different options that I didn't do. And I I don't want people to feel like it's bad to take any of those options. Those are all like valid options for funding something in yeah. your business. A
0: number of those seem like they would have worked fine. Yeah. Uh, Despite having reasons against them, but maybe not have been ideal for your specific situation.
1: Yeah. And, and a large, a large part of it came down to my own values. Like I personally didn't want to take out debt to fund another print run, even though I could do the numbers, I could sit back in the math, everything that like a business economics background told me is like, this is the normal way to do business. I don't think debt is immoral or even really a bad way to access capital for small business, especially because I am in the privileged position where I have a good credit score. Um, so I'm able to get it lended to me at 0%, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, from a purely mathematical standpoint, it made a lot of sense. And it's it's one of the most common ways to fund small business. Um, but for for me, it was the idea that, like it comes down to my own assets and if my business fails i i i can't pay back my debts and everyone told me like entrepreneurs take risks and you know oh the founders of the airbnb funded their business off of like a flip book of credit cards they took out uh and like don't you want to be airbnb (laughs) and for me this this was it ended up being a values line that i drew in the sand i've been very lucky and just rampant with privilege that i haven't had to take out consumer debt in the past. yeah, And for me, this is something that's genuinely just a value. It's a personal value. It's not a judgment on other people and the choice to do that. It's just for me, it didn't make sense to do that. And I kind of realized that I one of the reasons I enjoyed doing the Kickstarter so much last time was because while it is a ton of work to do compared to just I don't know swiping a credit card uh-huh. <laughs> um, it lets me talk to the actual people that might want to buy the book um, and you know we were able to do some cool things when we did it in the Kickstarter we were able to put people that backed its cats in the book so all the mm-hmm. cats in that the was book fun are, our real cats are actual cats um, but also shout out to cats it also like we were able to shape the content of the book book based on the readers that um, actually participated in a weekly read along during during the editing of the book like there is just so much that i gained value out of like actually talking to the people that consume the product which is like a cool thing yeah
0: and that... something you would have been missing out on if you had just you yeah leveraged like, credit big card companies
1: debt. pay a ton of money to talk to their actual consumers and i'm lucky enough that i'm such a small business that i'm able to actually just talk to my consumers by asking them to support it on kickstarter yeah and i think one of the things i realized was that like they're one of the myths that i was carrying around was that like this belief that people shouldn't see the effort that you put into success like that if i ask for help it discounts the work um that we shouldn't you know we believe we shouldn't try too hard to succeed that it's not cool if we do and uh you know, like someone compliments your shirt and you're like, oh, this thing is so old. I found it in a trash heap and a flaming pile. You know, you can't like take a compliment about your work unless you downplay the work that you put into it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, congratulations on that press in National Geographic. How did you do it? I have no idea. They must have wanted someone to look <laughs> bad. Like that's an actual example from my life. Like uh, not that I was a National Geographic. Right. Someone else. Not yet. Not, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> This this woman likes to document finances with cats. But yeah, so I I just, I I realized that part of it was that I was carrying around kind of uh, dysfunctional money values that were preventing me from doing what I thought was probably the best way to fund this print run, which was going back to people and be like, hey, do you want to buy this thing? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> it uh, seemed to have worked well the first time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I guess I'm worried, of course, that like everybody who wants the book already has the book. Uh, but... There are a bunch of other things that we're doing with the Kickstarter uh, that I'm really excited about. So, we're doing our first ever wall at-a-glance calendar. Um, So it's actually like a poster. You can see all of the days of the year on the wall. It has um, some adorable cats on the bottom. It has the tax deadlines (laughs) on it uh, for quarterly tax filing. You know, the most important holidays. Oh, that's
0: cool. So is it for for 2019?
1: Um, It's going to be July through July. Oh, cool. um, And we'll probably do another print run um, for next year if people like it. That's a neat idea. But let's make sure people actually like it. Um, And then we also have a mini budget planner, which I'm really excited about. It's locally printed here in Portland, you know I'm a stationary nerd. Are well, there? cats on
0: it and there will be cats
1: there will be cats of course and it's like a cute little pocket planner so I'm excited about that rather than like
0: another big honkin book um no I like the small planners I I often use my my fanny pack on my bike and I can't fit big planners in it
1: yes so you need a tiny <laughs> tiny budget planner and I'm one of those people like I've talked before about how I really like uh paper when connecting with my budget because mm-hmm. I it feels more tangible to me and also it makes it feel like a fun thing to do to me because I like pretty stationary products
0: yeah, yeah very versus slaving away in front of a computer. Yes,
1: just looking at a spreadsheet all day. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, we're also doing some other cool things. One, we're fixing the six typos that were in the book that keep me oh, up at no. night.
0: Do you know what they are?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean but i'm not going to point them out people can find them on their own or ideally don't find yeah, them
0: find that seventh one and get a special prize
1: and while it there isn't the opportunity to get your cat in the book again um we are doing special clear planner stickers and you can get a one based on your cat if
0: oh, so so you can put your cat in the book oh that's fun Or wherever else, any book. Yeah, so you can just (laughs) edit the cat cat into any
1: part of the book or anywhere you'd like, (laughs) um, which I'm really excited about. I also have been wanting to do those clear planner stickers because I have a lot of them, Mm -hmm. uh, but I've been wanting to do them with Oh My Dollar Cats for a long time. So like, they're going to have some cool like payday trackers and stuff like that uh, for planner stickers. And uh, the coolest part, like, the thing that made my heart sore last time was that we gave people the opportunity to get um, an ebook copy of the book and then buy one for the low-income youth that I work with. Oh, nice. And through that, over 200 low-income young adults got a copy of the book and that was just due to the generosity of the Oh My Dollar community. And it was amazing. I was able to deliver them all with in-person education
0: um, at our oh, that's awesome.
1: Homeless Transitional Youth Center for GLBTQ Youth here to AmeriCorps um, members and also to some other folks in the community and it was just really awesome and we're um, going to be doing that again so you can always oh, that's super. you can always donate if you've already got a copy and you want to donate one on you can uh, donate one
0: on to low income young adults. You to support the Kickstarter and do that. Yeah. Wild. So that's exciting and all sounds great. So when does the Kickstarter start?
1: It starts right now. So if you're listening to the show we have already launched the Kickstarter. Bam there it goes. There it goes. <laughs> um, if you want to find out more you can also if you just maybe want to watch the video with cute cats on it um, you can check it out at Ohmydollar.com slash cats. Uh, it would really help us out if if you can't participate in the Kickstarter for financial reasons or uh, you just don't want more stuff in your life. It still really helps if you share it just so other folks know about mm-hmm. it. And uh, maybe, just maybe, that friend that's are always borrowing money from you will see it and get some cats and they will stop being broke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Stop hitting you up for 10 bucks at the bar. Yep, exactly.
1: (laughs) Uh, And no pressure, but uh, I hope you like it. I'm really proud of the stuff that we did on it, and... uh... I also hope this was interesting for some insight into like small business finances for folks that are maybe in this position.
0: Yeah, I'd be interested in hearing about how other people have done similar things. If if they did take the Kickstarter option or or, or factoring, how, how that worked out?
1: Yeah, I'm really curious. Like, if you do run a small business, if you've done merch for bands, whatever it is, how do you how do you do it? How do you do the print run? Are you uh, are you someone who's putting everything on credit cards? Uh, were you borrowing money from fr- friends or family? Uh, those a combination, the t- combination, all of the above. Did you? Did you? You know, I don't. I don't know what other things. <laughs> uh, what
0: other things did you do?
1: <laughs> yeah, they like. I know Airbnb. The founders, I keep bringing them up, but they have like weird financing methods. But one of the things was they sold like Cheerios based on Obama, called Obama O's during the election. Oh, they had O's, and they like sold Genius. them and like <laughs> used them as a uh, way to like finance the like initial server costs or something
0: i don't know cunning yeah very cunning and they wrecked a bunch of housing markets that's step two
1: step two (laughs) it's actually step three the step two question mark question mark was airbnb right first step obama owes (laughs) second step question mark question mark Third step, wreck housing markets in,
0: <laughs> in these towns. Uh hey digress. Airbnb if you want
1: to sponsor us, no shade. We love you.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like all I like living next to all the Airbnb houses I live next to. I'm concerned <laughs> about the long term economics, but they're fine as neighbors, I don't definitely, complain about noise. Uh
1: I definitely I will not give all the address, but um when I was in New York, I stayed at an Airbnb. Um and it was like In a Bushwick artist's loft And it was definitely not meant to be Like legally Not just an Airbnb I'm not sure people are actually (laughs) supposed to sleep there (laughs) Not for human habitation And then he like built these like plywood boxes in it So it was me and two other people So it was kind of like a hostel Where you're like staying Um, And also like the key I used to unlock it Was definitely labeled dog walker Um, But there was also like (laughs) More than for, like, a relatively small warehouse studio building, there was, like, more than 50 different lock boxes all on the gate out front of the building. And I was like, how many people? That's hilarious. That's yeah.
0: sketch. I think my favorite sketch Airbnb moment was a brand new hotel in Bratislava that clearly just had not finished their licensing. And we're just airbnb <laughs> these, like, brand new furnished hotel suites.
1: Uh, that's pretty great. Yeah.
0: It yeah. was cheap. It was- uh. Bratislava is very recommended. If anyone's ever in Eastern Europe, I loved that place.
1: Um Well, I think I think that just wraps up our show for today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um now that you've got your Bratislava recommendations for hotels and <laughs> Also, hopefully you are excited about at least going to check out what cool merch we have. Uh you can go to slash cats Uh the whole Kickstarter is only going to be running for 3 weeks, oh, so That's so a short one. Yeah, relatively short, so uh I'd I'd love to see you over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do it. That wraps our show for today. And we love hearing from you, so email us your financial worries and successes and questions at questions at ohmydollar, or you can tweet us at at anomalily or at ohmydollar.
1: Our producer for this episode is Will Romey. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki, and your host and personal finance educator is me, Lillian Kerbake. Thank you for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you.
0: This is the story of the one.